Well, hi guys. Uh, mostly due to code restrictions, we'll be having a bit of a flatting forum podcast instead of our normal group forum where someone would come in and have a chat to you guys about flatting. Uh, but basically, it's myself, uh, Deputy Head of Hall, Matt. We've got Admin Oz here. Hey, everyone. And uh, we're just going to quickly run through 10 points about flooding that we've experienced over our time. Now, I just want to note that we don't give any legal advice in regards to flooding. This is all just our own experience. For any legal advice, there's Tenancy Tribunal, there's resources online, and there's also Vusa who can help you out with that sort of thing. Um, we've only got our own experiences. Yours might differ, but these are just some things that we wanted to know before we went we went flatting for the first time. So I guess we'll just kick it off with budgeting. I think we're all aware that flatting is expensive and scary. Having a budget is quite important. How much do you pay a week, Oz? Uh, at the moment, uh, my rent is about 240 For food, I'm looking at probably somewhere between 50 70 mm-hmm. depending on how much I want to treat myself. Uh, and then power, internet, I'm looking at about... Internet's another 20 per month. Power varies, right? Power varies, yeah. Probably between 50 or 70 for me Yeah, per month. Yeah, so I'm, I'm about the same. Um, so mine's 250 a week. Internet's about another 20 a month as well. Uh, food, I eat here quite a lot, so that brings my um, cost down, but anywhere between 20 and $40 a week. Power varies month to month due to heating and things like that. But we also have a gas bill, so that also affects the power. I think, though, in our situation, because we both work, we're both um, earning money, it's a little bit easier for us to afford those sorts of things. But when you're a student, or when you were a student, Oz, mm-hmm. how did you set out your budget? Well, I, was, I didn't get too specific. Mm-hmm. That's just a bit to do with my personality my approach to things but I definitely in my first year flatting I emphasised going on the more affordable side mm. for everything yeah. um, food I was probably like at 50 mm. max per week mm-hmm. that was a big like I put a, I put a lot of thought on that expense mm. to be honest while I let the other ones sort of just go by my first year flatting I was really financially conscious about rent the mm-hmm. rent was something that was new to me mm. and that probably gave me the most anxiety yeah. as an expense um, and it was I think I was on like I, I haven't even seen this before but it was like 160 Damn. for my that is cheap for yeah. my rent <laughs> yeah and but that's partly because I to be honest rent kind of just scared me mm. so I was willing to go that low yeah. and I've lived in a cave yeah um <laughs> But because that was quite cheap, mm. I probably had a bit of luxury not having to worry too much about power and internet. Mm. And I just made sure food, I kept it as low as I could, but I just had enough. Yeah. So that was my approach. I didn't get too specific, mm. mainly because I had rent that was so low. Yeah. Whereas, but that rent, as I found after that, might have been an exception yeah. to yeah. the average. Yeah. For me, I think... I was also quite lucky with my rent my first time flatting. It was about 180 a week, but for context, I couldn't fit a single bed in my room without lifting it seven feet off the ground. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, my rent was cheap, but also my room was quite small. Um, it wasn't quite a cave. I did have a window, thankfully. Um, but, yeah, you get what you pay for when it comes to rent. Mm. But if you're looking for... Um, specific budgeting advice for myself I kind of did had the same approach as I was I wasn't too 
interested in the um, nitty-gritty detail, but I had a fair idea of what I was spending each week and what I could afford. Um, I was lucky enough to have a part-time job where I worked one night a week, which topped me up quite a bit. Uh, I gave me about $100 a week to kind of play around with, which made uh, life a little bit easier. Um, but it was things like figuring out, okay, in the winter, instead of walking to uni, I'll probably have to bus to uni. How much is that going to cost me per week? How much will I have to put on my Snapper card? Those sorts of things. Mm. Um, but if you ever need specific budgeting advice or want a template and those sorts of things, student finance is really helpful. Um, with that, I think that really leads on to our next sort of point. And this is something that I will preach to everyone about left, right and centre. Invest in the things that you know you're going to use all the time. When I say that, I mean if you know that you spend a third of your life in bed, say you sleep eight hours a night, and I know everyone does, but let's say we sleep eight hours a night, that's a third of your life in bed. Why would you buy a cheap mattress? It's going to affect your health quite a lot. So I think it's really important that we recognize the things that we need to invest in that we actually use quite often, use all the time, and will make your life easier in the long run. Do you have any examples, Oz? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I mean, anything that is going to guarantee you warmth mm-hmm. yeah. during yeah. the winter. I mean, it's a couple really good jackets. Mm. Yeah, you can get quality jackets, even ones that aren't sort of, I don't know, like Kathmandu ones, for example, mm. they like can be quite expensive. You don't need to go that far. Yeah, but you just need to make sure it's going to be like definitely waterproof yeah. and definitely warm. Yeah, because in my experience, you I you know, I'd be wearing your jacket inside. <laughs> yeah, sometimes probably something that I wish I'd got on my fish air flooding would have been a um, a dehumidifier. Would became a appliance that I hadn't rated up until that point, mm. and I remember I had even kicked myself because. When moving from that flat afterwards, we accidentally left it there and we lost it. And I didn't realise how important that was for us at the time. Mm. I don't think that you have to accept a lower standard of living Mm. uh, when you become, like, when you start flatting. Just because, yep, money's tight and things, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be sick all the time Mm. or cold. Mm. You just have to be smart where you put that money. And things that you don't need to put money in is things like cutlery. Go to the second-hand shop grab a bunch for two dollars it's fine if it's mismatched it doesn't matter your plates mismatch who cares glasses those sorts of things and appliances guys Kmart is your friend mm. a twenty dollar to a forty dollar microwave does the same thing as a two hundred dollar one like you don't you don't need all the bells and whistles furniture as well I would say if you're like me and Oz <laughs> a bunch of gamers invest in a good chair if you're going to be sitting at home studying all the time invest in a good chair you don't need a fancy desk you, you don't need a fancy nightstand or anything like that. Sometimes you just got to lower off the basics. Pick up couches for free if you can. I know like the Salvation Army and things like that, the shops in Newtown, um, they'll deliver for, I think it's 10 bucks. Yep. Me and my flat, even this year, as three, well, two of them are government workers and I work here, we bought two couches for 100 bucks and got them delivered and put in our house. We, we still do those sorts of things. Like You don't need to spend a whole bunch of money on couches. Another point that we really wanted you guys to think about is figuring out what's actually important to you when you're looking for a flat. There are a lot of things that people will find important and some things will have to be sacrificed. That's just a fact. If you're a person that needs sunlight to be happy all the time, don't do what Oz and I did and live in a cave. Yeah, It's not going to work for you long term. 
other things like being close to uni, being close to town, being close to a bus that might work, if you have family here. I think all those sorts of things were important. So, for example, for me, when I was looking at second-year flats, I was a bit stuck because I came back from my exchange and I just had to find a place that worked that would take me. But now that I can look and where I'm living at the moment, it's got lots of natural light, it's somewhere where I can afford and it's also somewhere where I can get to the places I need to be quickly, easily and it's a place that I can store my car. If you have a car, find somewhere maybe with a garage or something like that but you need to be willing to sacrifice other things if you're working on a tight budget. For me, what I sacrificed here in my first year, convenience was the main priority for me because I knew that if anything was in walking or a short bus, mm. I would go. And that's in terms of going to uni, mm. um, keeping up with all my hobbies, mm. socialising, mm. as well as not socialising in terms of returning from places yeah. and um, finding that really easy as well. Mm. That was it for me. Um, and then probably other things like space and sunlight for me came years after. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just depends on your priorities and I guess personality at this point in your life I would also think that if you like peace and quiet and you need that to study or sleep and things like that apartment buildings or big blocks of flats might not be it for you quite a good question that's been raised is how to find a flat and where to look for them okay guys I'm just going to be honest with you don't be the people who post on Vic Deals asking for an 8 bedroom house that's right next to uni because it's just not going to happen and it screams at your first time looking for a flat. It's No no one's going to offer that to you, I'll just be honest. But instead of telling you not, what not to do, what what to do, how, how do you find flats? Also, how have you found them in the past? Mostly, I've been on TradeMe hmm. and Facebook. Yeah, I quite like TradeMe because it was, depending on the property manager we don't need to go into that but mm. it was a bit more formal mm. and I felt like I was going to get more uh, uh, flat booking yeah flat view- flat viewing a flat viewing time more consistently um, whereas when it was Facebook it was a bit if, depending on how casual the post was which sometimes can work in your favour mm. it was kind of like this This could be gone in mm. an hour or this person just isn't going to get back to me and I'm kind of waiting on something that might not happen, yeah. but yeah, Facebook and trade me, and I was just sort of constantly on there every day. Yeah. Is yours any different? No, I think mine was pretty much the same. Like, I would go on trade me and Facebook. I've had quite a lot of success on Facebook myself personally, yeah. um, but I think that's because of being an RA in the past, I know quite a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, leverage that as well. Um, if people see that you're looking um, or you tell of a few people, They'll start tagging you in things and things will pop up. Um, don't be discouraged if you don't get a place yeah. immediately because there are plenty that are out there and sometimes it will just be bad luck or someone else will come along or whatever. Um, with flat viewings, I think there are important things to look at, obviously. How far away it is from a bus stop or uni, those sorts of things are pretty obvious, but also thinking about safety as well things like that if you're on a side of a cliff it does happen sometimes um, like you can ask them 
what's the earthquake rating, all those sorts of things. Um, it sounds really boring, but I mean, if you're going to live there, you, you need to know these sorts of things. I think as I've gotten older and looked for more flats, uh, those sorts of things have become a little bit more important. Um, currently, I'm in Thornton, so quite a nice place um, that I'm living. Uh, and we got real lucky because of the time that we were looking. But sometimes you just get lucky. And that's why I was looking for that at the start this year. And we we, weren't going, we were going for almost everything mm. I would say yeah almost yeah. Um, probably not in the same category as what first years might have been looking at mm. but um, yeah almost everything yeah and that was we so because of our experience we had that attitude that we weren't discouraged when we got no yeah. because we were used to that mm. after a couple of years of doing that and um, yeah eventually mm. it, you you'll get it if you keep going yeah I also think it's important that just because someone says yes, don't take it. Yes. Yeah. Like, there, there are there are times when your you saying no is beneficial. If you don't want to live out in Miramar or Seatoon, mm. don't. It's far away. It can be a pain. And if that's not going to work for you personally, just because the other three people in your flat say that they want it, doesn't mean you have to compromise. I think it's really important that you have to realize that. Um, so yeah sometimes saying no is the right thing to do and also if if you go to a flat viewing and something feels off don't take it yeah because especially from what I've seen it'll be one person Mm. who's particularly when they do take their flat if they do yeah it'll be one person who's particularly really unhappy yeah and it's not worth it Mm. um, for that person and for any conflict it'll have in that group Mm. I mean, even for example, one of my friends lived on Cuba Street. Uh, it was this apartment that's getting redone now. But as soon as you walked in the door, it smelled like urine. There was graffiti everywhere. The elevator didn't work. There was exposed wiring, all that sort of stuff. She loved it. Don't get me wrong, because it was kind of boho, chic sort of thing that she enjoyed. Yep. But personally, I don't think I could go home to that every day and... Mm feel uneasy walking into my own house so just things like that if, if it's not going to work for you it's not going to work for you so that's completely fine and so Oz have you ever flattered with randoms? yeah I guess I have flattered with randoms actually mm. twice yeah I didn't realise that because I guess we're now friends yeah. so I've been pretty lucky yeah I, I think though when you're looking for flats you can come across ones where someone just needs a singular room filled yeah and it's important to look at both the pros and cons of flying with randoms or a bunch of people that you already know, potentially even with a couple. Um, personally, I flatted with randoms and friends. So I think for flatting with randoms, there are very good benefits to it because things kind of become a bit more professional in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Things like rent and groceries and chores, they all become very professional being like, oh, okay, I'm a part of this five person flat it's Monday it's my day to do the dishes mm. or whatever and there becomes very little I don't know animosity between people because yeah. you don't know anyone you don't and in some cases you don't really care yeah and it's also very easy to get out of that flat as well because you just go oh okay well I filled my room mm. see you later so that, that's a big benefit, but also the, the cons to that is that you can feel like you're walking around on eggshells a bit when you get home. Yeah. 
Um, so you do have to do that small talk. The, but as I said, they can become your mates. Yeah. And I probably lived in flats where, oh yeah, I guess the majority of them become my friends, but some of them didn't become my mates. Mm. But we had a, just a sort of mature, yeah. like living, shared space relationship. Mm. And that was absolutely fine for me. Yeah. Um, it was still like just as good. Mm. Um, like Do you have any horror stories about that? Or? I wouldn't call it a horror story, but mm. I, he did kind of stitch us up when he left mm. and um, gave most of the work for to the current flatmates when, yeah. um, to fill the room and sort out lease renewal, whatever. Mm. Um, but I, from my friends, I'll be honest, first year, mm. they have the most kind of perhaps exciting flatting stories, but also most uh, horror stories yeah. Yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard very similar things like first year flatting is always fun if you're with your friends and things like that. But again, you're... If your first flat is never going to be your best one by mm. any means mm. um, so yeah you might you might find some rats or cockroaches or leaks or yep. your dryer's going to break as I was found out yeah. recently yep. um, yeah for me I had a I had a flatmate who um, insisted on bringing her Tinder dates home seven days a week um, those sorts of things I get happens so Flooding with randoms does have a pros and cons. Now, flooding with your mates, on the other hand, also has its pros and cons. Um, I currently flat with two of my friends from high school. It's fantastic. I've known them for 10 plus years. Um, I think it works out very well because we have established where we all sit kind of in the flat and what's expected of each other, those sorts of things. But if you're moving directly out of Victoria House or a hall in, into a flat, those sorts of things can be hard to establish early on um, because I've seen fights over cheese. Yeah. Cheese is expensive and my, if you take someone's cheese, I've seen fights over that. It's a lot easier when you have money. Mm. You, I think you'd agree yeah. with that, Oz. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I guess when, when you can pay for things, right, it doesn't... Yeah, the smaller things don't stick with you as much. Mm. Whereas, I guess, if you're... If you're living on $50 a week for food mm. and you've decided to spend five of that on a Kit Kat bar or something yeah. and someone comes along and steals some of that, you, you might get a little bit more cut up than maybe if five bucks doesn't mean a lot to you. So Yeah, for sure. Genuinely think about who you're going to be flatting with. Um, I know that at the moment it might seem like a good idea to flat with 80 mates, but mm. not everyone's going to be the same. Um, and... I promise you don't flat with the boyfriend or girlfriend that you've got now. You don't want to be the couple in the flat. You want to have a couple in the flat because couples in the flat will drop your rent significantly. Mm. But if you're the couple in the flat and something goes wrong, more than likely someone's going to have to find a new place to live. And that can be very difficult. I I mean, I'm only talking from what I've heard, but Mm. that is actually the horror stories that I've heard about. Mm. Um, just whenever an entire flat's fallen out yeah. usually stuff around that also if there's or, or if there's a couple in the flat but the other person is just is basically living there but they're not actually on the lease yeah it's a lot to do with gut feeling as well guys so if it feels wrong it's probably wrong if you're flatting with randoms um, and if you don't feel comfortable flatting with your friends don't 
you can always go around and visit. That's the beautiful thing. You don't need guest passes. You don't need to tell Ozarai who's coming and going. Um, so just just think about that while you do it. Now, I think we kind of touched on it before, but like having having a system or being aware that people's experiences are slightly different to yours. Mm. Like I was saying, so I flat with boys that I've known for 10 years now, but we all know now where our cleanliness standards are, who's cooking what meals, etc., etc. So in the past, I've had flats where the chores were done like on a on a roster system so one week you'd have to do the vacuuming or one week you'd have to mop the bathroom or whatever at the moment for us because we've known each other for so long we can kind of just turn around and be like hey man that's not cool can you do this or you've made a mess clean it up that's the luxury of uh knowing people for so long but if you're first year flatting maybe having that discussion around yeah. what you expect is good have you ever had to have like a proper flat meeting or anything else or? Uh, there's like I mean throughout the years it's been s- such a good thing to learn mm. um, and realise how one side of my perspective or way of living yeah absolutely um, was even though I thought I was a pretty good flatmate there's actually so many other perspectives yeah. that I never considered it's just so healthy for you as a person mm-hmm. as well and the earlier you start that in your, if you do it in your first year, yeah. um, it's, it's just so fantastic for you mm. or anyone that you might live with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going forward. Yeah. And I, I especially think, like, if you're flirting with your mates for the first time, like, yeah, you haven't, you've lived with these guys for a year at Vic House or whatever, but you don't actually know what it's like living with them. When money is involved, it can get a little bit more sketchy. But say you vacuum your room once a week, but the other person vacuums once a month. Mm. If you don't have that discussion at the start, then how are you ever going to know? And you don't want to let these things become, I guess, passive-aggressive points of contention. You don't want to come home after a long day of uni and go, oh, they haven't washed their dishes again or, you know, that sort of thing. So it's pretty important just to have that conversation if you need to sort out a system, you need to sort out a system, but just be very aware that people have different lived experiences to you. The more con- considerate you can be, but also productive in your communication, yeah. the better you will be because you'll be more considerate of yourself mm. when it, when you need to, I don't know, if it's like you might be behind on dishes for whatever reasons. Yeah. That's, that's just what life just happens. Yeah. And you'll, if you've had a conversation with them, mm. they'll be able to have a conversation with you yeah. with uh, the smallest amount of passive aggressiveness yeah, exactly. going on. Yeah. Every flat has a little bit of passive aggressiveness yeah, every absolutely. now and then. Yeah. That's, that's, that's part of it. But um, sort of being mature enough to, mm. um, or self-aware enough to know when that rises a bit yeah. and sort it out um, in a mature way is, is just so healthy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No one's perfect. Like, you are going to make mistakes. Your flatmates are going to make mistakes. And that's normal, just so long as you rectify the situation, I guess in a healthy way. There, there isn't going to be a duty phone, guys. Like, it is important. So if your neighbor is being loud or your flatmate's being loud, you're going to need to have that conversation with them. Like, yep, sometimes noise control is a, is a very, very good way to go. If they're having a loud party and you've already asked them to be quiet, things like that. But... If, you, if you're going to live with someone who likes to play video games, for example, and they're playing at three in the morning and they're being loud, you have a test the next day, you're just going to have to tell them. Yeah. And 
if you don't tell them, you... Because the way of having these things is that, yeah, you can be as um, considerate and communicative mm. as you like in a really good way. And, the, and if, like, if the people aren't responding or respecting that, yeah. that's when you know, oh, I've, I've actually just got a bad flatmate here. Yeah. And you might not renew the lease with them next year. Exactly. Or you might find somewhere else. To, exactly. And that's how flats get better because you, um, you meet other people who have, have gone through the same mm. thought processes. Yeah. And they got to the same stage. Yeah. I think Ari Emily has a very good um, example of this with heating because we all know that paying for heating can be very expensive. So she had a thing in her flat called heater privileges. So if there was guests around or I think she had a four-person flat, if three people were in the flat at the time, um, then you could have the heater on. Otherwise, you're going to have to wear blankets, your jacket, all that sort of thing. So having that sort of discussion just gives you clear, defined parameters of when you can do something and when you can't. I think it also runs the same sort of thing with like if you're if you're planning on having a house party or something along those lines, it's having that conversation with your flatmates beforehand. Say at the start of the year, Oz and I go into a flat together and we go, cool, so we can invite people over on Fridays and Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. See, all good. But if I start inviting people over on a Wednesday night, we've already established that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So it's just having those conversations and it will save you so many headaches in the long run. That being said, slightly outside of the flatting realm is getting involved in a club or a volunteer activity or something outside of your flat and just going to your lectures. I can't tell you how important it is to do this. It just gets you outside of everything. It makes you make friends outside of your current like friend group, meets new people, and it gets you out of that routine of going, of getting up in your flat, going to uni, staying there all day, coming home, eating dinner, going to uni, coming back, that sort of thing. It gives you something to look forward to. Like, Because, oh, you play football, right? Yeah. Did you do that during uni? Yeah, all the way through. I have a few hobbies that yeah. do that. And it, it's just in terms of my own health when I get back to a flat. Um, it, it just makes it a not nice place to be. I often, not until I go to those hobbies mm. and come back, I'm like, oh, I actually wasn't in the yeah. best mood yeah. this morning. Mm. Um, and I'm just a nice person to be around but I mean in terms of yeah just meeting people is so important they could be your future flatmates yeah yeah, Um, very true yeah even for a summer or or sometimes they might even be the person like with a trailer that you might need to borrow or a car that you might need to borrow just things like that it's it's so important to get out and Especially while you're at university. Yes, you, you're all there to study. Don't get me wrong. Please get your degrees. If you're not wanting to do that, that's completely fine too. But you, you need to realize that there's more to life. You need to enjoy life as well. I mean, I, I, play, I play volleyball. I play a lot of volleyball. And a lot of those people that I play with, I can turn to if I need something. And they, they can come to me as well, yeah. which is quite nice. But it also gets me outside of my flat outside of work, outside of uni, outside of that mindset and gives me something to focus on a little bit more, I guess, immediately. Yeah. Because if there's something hurling at you at 80k an hour, you don't have much time to think. So it gives you a chance to reset as well. When you finish studying mm. and let's say you've done, I don't know, a bachelor's or whatever, three mm. years and you're, you didn't, you didn't do any hobbies or anything mm. else, you will get to the end of study and be like, what? Like what is all this time? Yeah. What do I what do I do with all this time? And you'll feel a bit lost. Yeah. Very times. true. Yeah. And 
that being said as well, it can give you contacts. Hmm. If you if you play a sport, not necessarily for a uni team, maybe for like a club team or something, someone might work for a company that needs whoever in their in their business that you you can get in involved with. Hmm. But you just never know unless you try. And I think that it's also a really good time to explore new hobbies if you want to do that. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I played I played lacrosse in England, and I, I met a whole bunch of people, got to travel, mm-hmm. just because I decided to start playing that as well. Like, yeah, there's plenty of things to do. So, I, I did say at the beginning we weren't going to talk about legal things, but really quickly, just read your contract, guys. When when you finally get that offer, when you finally find that place read that contract read that lease because there are things in there that you might not expect whenever something I don't know something breaks something mm. wrong goes in your flat ideally you want to have a memory in that moment that goes oh I think there's something about in the contract yeah. here that helps me mm. you don't want to be kind of thinking like scrambling back to your contract thinking yeah. oh, oh wait what is that I think or, I might be stuffed here yeah um, and the best thing you can do is actually just sit down, read the whole thing, mm. and make sure you're actually taking it in. Yeah. And if you're going to sign it, make sure you've read it. Just real quick, there's, sometimes there are like head tenants, which is the person who's in charge of the whole thing. If you sign that and you're that person, you are liable. You're in charge. Like You, you take all the legal responsibility for that. And this, is the, this goes the same thing for like your power bill or your internet bill or your gas bill. Those sorts of things, like just make sure you know what you're actually signing up for. I would say 99% of the time, it's completely fine. Yeah. But 1% of the time, something will trip you up and you'll get screwed over. So just be careful. Yeah. And then 1% is also the story that'll come up on your Facebook feed of just some outrageous yeah, situation. Exactly. That's the thing on big deals that people are making a GoFundMe for or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you're in like an apartment complex, I know there's lots of um, body corporate things that you might have to do. Like, for example, you might have to have a plant outside on your balcony for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm sure it's in a contract somewhere. Make sure you know what you're getting yourselves into before you do that. It's super important and there's no one, there's very few people I should say that will back you up in that situation because you have signed it away. Yeah. Yeah, so we're almost at the end, guys. Uh, we'll just do a quick quick fire round for things that you may not actually know or have thought about. And again, these are just from our experiences, so might not be 100% correct, but anyway. Yeah. Oz, where do you get rubbish bags from? Uh, well, like general waste bags I get from yeah. the supermarket. Yeah. Recycling bags I have to get them from the library. Yeah. Uh, but there's like a few other like similar sort of public service places around mm. where I have to get my own recycling bags. I know in some suburbs, I'm not sure what you are, mm. that recycling bags just get sent to you. Yeah, uh, there are the yellow bags, which are the general waste bags. You actually have to buy them from the supermarket. They're about f- 15 bucks each, yep. I guess, I think. Yep. And you get them from the counter. Um, I didn't know this when I first started, so I just pulled <laughs> yeah. the black rubbish bags and thought they were fine. They just didn't disappear. So, yeah, um, you actually have to buy the council ones because that pays a part of the rates. And, yeah, and Oz is right. You get um, your recycling bags so those are the clear ones sent to your address but you also need to be aware that if you run out you can go to the library on manners and get more yeah mm. if you glass bins yeah glass bins as well yeah they've been at every flat that I've been at but I don't know where to get them yes <laughs> yeah I think you can also get them from the library oh, okay cool. or those other similar places yeah yeah. and, the, and that library does things like parking permits um, for residential parking um, stuff like that as well yeah. so 
try, try and think about them a bit ahead of time because if you get back down from home since you've been working or whatever and trying to park your car in a residence or car park you're going to pay a bigger fine than you would for the year's parking yeah. do you know what happens when you get a noise complaint on I no not really not from uh, my flat alright cool. unfortunately I've had one before so the noise people will come around they'll knock on your door and they'll actually tell you um, to be turn it down or be quiet um, and then they come back I believe in it's 90 minutes to maybe two hours and if the noise is still going I think the fine's either 500 or 700 bucks okay and you get a strike against your name that also goes on all your flooding references right so take noise complaints seriously guys if they come and knock on your door obviously just be good neighbours and things like that but be aware that that is a thing it can happen it has happened to me I didn't get the fine because we turned it down but I'm just saying like if you're having a good time, maybe your neighbours aren't. Oh, I think they can take your speakers, yeah. yeah. Make sure that you're aware of that if you're going to have a party and things like that as yeah. well. I mean, honestly, guys, town is free here. Mm. Just go into town, but be safe. Don't do anything dumb. Yeah. Do you know how much the average rent is in Wellington? I would go like 220 Yeah, I'd think about the same. Two, 210 yeah. to 220 is my gut feeling. Yeah. I actually haven't looked it up. It's quite hard to find. But yeah, you need to be aware that you're probably going to be paying that much. For a, for a flat yep. and honestly guys sometimes if you can afford it I understand that money is tight especially in the second year but if you can afford it and you can pay two forty, two fifty, you're getting much better places to live Yeah, much drier much warmer probably a lot better um, so don't go paying $200 for a tiny little damn place mm. you can take time when when actually did you find your current flat? Uh, my current one was February yeah, see, February. I got mine and I got mine just after a lockdown, so I was pretty lucky. You can look now, yes, that's completely fine, but also you can get them in January and February. Lots of people's leases actually finish up then as well. So if you don't get one over summer, don't panic. It's okay. Like, that's very normal. Um, lots of leases will go from November to November, or they'll go from about January, February to January, February the next year. Yeah. So just make sure that. When you're looking on Trade Me or Vic Deals or flatting pages and Facebook and stuff like that, just be aware of what you're getting yourselves into again. This comes back to reading your contract, figuring out what's going on. Yeah, especially if you're in those situations where you might lock yourself into a flat mm. that you're really unsure about. Yeah. And then you pay the whole summer for it. Yeah. And you have a terrible year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially if you're going home and working over summer, why would you want to spend $200 of your paycheck every week on somewhere that you're not even living so yeah just seriously consider it i mean i know people who have found flats in april and they've been staying on their mate's couch for two months as uni started it wasn't ideal by any means but we all face the same sort of thing Mm -hmm. and realistically guys if you have to look out in johnsonville or Petoni or wherever and get the train in that's also fine you don't have to live in kelvin or tiaro there are options out there. So just keep an open mind. It does work out in the end, just maybe not the way that you originally thought. Yeah. If you could change one thing about your first year flat or your uh, first time flatting, what would that be? I would have just had a few more conversations about mm. just what are our shared living space expectations. Yeah. Just a classic like group of guys mm. who were all pretty chill. Yeah. But probably too chill. Yeah. Because I'm... Again, I'm with the same couple guys again. Yeah. And I think we've all realized how much happier we are with a nice clean flat. Yeah. 
Um, but that's that's all for me. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I think for me, I, I would have changed. We had we had a wonderful three-legged cat. We were super lucky. Yeah. Lovely thing. So that was great. But I think I would have just changed like our arrangement for cleaning and cooking and stuff. Because to the two people I was flatting with, um, they both worked in a restaurant, and so they would um, bring home a lot of leftovers and stuff, mm. and kind of just let it fester and not eat it. Um, so that was pretty gross. But also things like our shower was always clogged and um, those sorts of things. So just having those conversations around, like especially if we had we had a female quite long hair. Um, being like, hey, that's not okay. Can you, you know, clean out the drain and those sorts of things? Mm. It just takes away the little stresses in life. Thinking like, oh, if I have a slightly longer shower, it's not going to flood the bathroom or yep. X Y Z. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, guys, I think that about wraps it up for what we wanted to say. If you have any questions, just let us know. If you want any sort of legal advice, there's always the tenancy tribunal. There are plenty of resources online and there's lots of petitions and stuff trying to get affordable rent um, for students and everyone around the country. Um, we understand that is quite a stressful time. Um, if you need any references, please email me. Uh, I'm happy to, re- to provide them. Uh, Vusa also has the advocates uh, who look after any flatting related things. So, yeah, I mean, good luck hunting for a flat. Um, if not, we do take returners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully, uh, your exams go well. Cool. Cheers. See you later. Bye.